0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intended audience is everybody. So today we'll be speaking with a special guest, uh, Dr. Corey Edwards, on what his role is in the pharmacy technology and uh, informatics world. So thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast, Corey. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Tony. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So we can just uh, dive right into it. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. I am an alum from Western University College of Pharmacy. And uh, class 2015, did a PGY1 residency also at Western in community practice, followed by a PGY2 residency in pharmacy informatics um, soon after that. And I completed that program in uh, 2017. And since then, I've been working as a clinical analytics manager at MedImpact up in Scripps Ranch, or which is in San Diego.
0: Awesome. So can you go a little bit more about like your current job title? Like what was that again? Clinical Analytics Manager?
1: Yeah, that is the title. And it's kind of interesting because there's a few of us with that title on our team. We're all pharmacists and we all have kind of different duties. Um, essentially, the job description is more just like directing some kind of clinical program. And for me, it's mostly DUEs, drug use evaluations or um, medication use evaluations. You know, they have multiple names and it's kind of all the mm-hmm. same thing. But we also have some point of sale programs. And so my job is to onboard clients and our clients are health plans to onboard them for these programs uh, so they can like anticipate how many members might be impacted by a point of sale program, or to like help measure the impact of the outcomes for our uh, DUE programs, which can involve simply sending them a list of members that are, you know, that fall within the clinical criteria, or it could be sending letters to the prescribers so that they know they need to intervene on any particular matter. And that's where we usually
0: measure, uh, measure the impact of those programs. Cool. So, so you're training in the PGY2 program for informatics. How is that... Kind of uh, help you with your current role now.
1: Uh, that program, in, in my mind, it's kind of split between two or three different domains. I mean, if any, anybody could go check out the um, the actual program criteria, it's the VA San Diego Healthcare System PGY two Pharmacy Informatics Program. Um, but in my mind, I sort of separate it into like two or three different domains. Um, the first being data management or analytics, which is a lot of what I'm doing right now. The other domain being pharmacy like operations and like use of technology there, whether it be robots or software and supporting inpatient and outpatient pharmacy. And the third would be like more administrative stuff, uh, learning about how different departments interact, how we can help leverage the tools that are already available to the informatics team to make basically to make the jobs easier of anybody else that we can or anybody that comes to us with a problem that we're able to solve. So I would say definitely the latter or the first and the third, I guess, the analytics part and the administrative part of that experience definitely prepared me for the position that I have right now. Um, but of course, it's a different perspective being that the VA is it's an integrated healthcare system. You know, they see patients within the entire continuum of care. And now that I'm in MedImpact, most of the data that we have is primarily outpatient prescription data. So at MedImpact, we have probably more members that we see, whereas at San Diego VA, we mostly focus on patients that were seen within the San Diego healthcare system. But it's just a different
0: uh, perspective on the data that's available. Okay, that's cool. That's cool that your your training still had like aspects that was able to um, kind of apply to where you're at now. Because um, sometimes I do hear that the training part of it doesn't match with what the real life is. But it's good to hear that for you it did.
1: Right. I mean, I, I'm sure that I think you mentioned this on one of your previous episodes that I listened to. There's no real single job of what an informaticist is. They didn't really advertise this as an informatics position. But my experience at the residency kind of like put me in position for it. But I mean, It's it's not surprising to me that somebody with training at one facility does a completely different job when they go somewhere else or when they finally get out of residency. You know, that's I think that's kind of that that's kind of just how it goes. Most pharmacists that see us probably see us as the folks that do stuff with technology, which can mean anything and everything that they don't understand, and that's probably not exactly how it is in most cases.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I uh, completely understand what you are stating right now. So. And then also just backing up a, a bit, uh, I was wondering, like, what made you decide to pursue this pathway, like getting into the field of uh, informatics and also the field of uh, data analytics?
1: Yeah, I, I could think of a couple different things that sort of pushed me in the direction to even like look into, look into informatics. It probably started when I was an intern. Uh, when I was a student, I worked for CVS and I worked at a bunch of different stores. I mean, I had my home store, but I would frequently pick up shifts just to make some extra cash and to help the other stores out and stuff. And, uh, I noticed that besides the fact that we all have the same medication use software, different stores would have different other kinds of support. Like some stores would have Kirby's, some would have Script Pro dispensing machines, and some wouldn't. So I remember I was working at this one store and the Script Pro, which they were pretty dependent on for, uh, you know, just getting through the day, it broke down. And, you know, I was like, I know how to do most of the stuff in this pharmacy, but I have no clue what to do with this machine right now. And it made me feel like, you know, I don't feel very useful right now because I mean, yeah, they have their, you know, they had their lead technician and they had a pretty strong support staff who quickly took care of the issue. But I was like, you know, if they weren't there, I worked in multiple stores where it's just me and a pharmacist. And if I didn't know how to fix it and the pharmacist didn't know how to fix it, then we would be stuck Opening the door and getting the pills out of there so we can fill them by hand or trying to find the bottles, you know, where they're, you know, the fast movers aren't in a fast mover section because everything's in the machine, which usually Mm -hmm. takes care of things for us. So, it made me think that I, I wanted to know if there was a way that I could learn more about the machine itself and be more than just an end user and be somebody who can, like, use it to its full potential. From there, I started thinking the same thing about the pharmacy use software, I mean, I'd worked for CVS for about three years and I would regularly learn new things about like shortcuts in the system or just certain things that would make workflow quicker and more efficient. The second thing that kind of pushed me in that direction was probably reading, it was a biography about Elon Musk. And there's a lot of information about there about Elon's like upbringing and his like work ethic and what it's like to work for him. And I know that there are a lot of upsides and downsides to that, but you can't deny the fact that he's accomplished a lot in his career. And I started to see it as he sort of came into different industries and revamped them, like stale industries like space travel and, and, you know, you know, the automotive industry. And he came at it from a perspective of technology. He's like, how can I inject, you know, my computational knowledge, my programming knowledge into these industries and make them better or make a business that's like more profitable, more interesting to people? And it got me thinking, well, you know, healthcare could use a little bit of that. And even though I don't have a background in programming, I'm not a, um, I didn't have a computer science background. I thought that if I looked into something that was more on the technology side of things, I would be prepared for when the Elon Musk of the healthcare industry came out and started turning the industry on its head for, you know, for better or worse. So that sort of got me interested in looking into uh PGY2 programs. And that's when I learned about
0: informatics and started pursuing those. Uh, so are there any projects that um, you are able to talk about that you're currently working on, or maybe uh, something in the past?
1: I think a good one to bring up is the like longitudinal project I had during my during PGY2. Uh, during that time, th- I liked that program for a lot of reasons, but mostly uh, one of the bigger reasons is because of the flexibility. My residency director and the main preceptor were cool with me kind of like, just observing how the place operates and seeing if I could find a project based off of just my observations. And so that's essentially what I did. The, there was a relatively new functionality in their system to where they could customize like, it, it, sounds, it sounds small, but it customizes the available routes that come up on an order screen for physicians when they um, go through uh, medication orders, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, before they were able to customize it for pretty much every tablet or capsule, they would have four options uh, that would come up in the EMR. It would be by mouth, and then G-tube, NG-tube, and, and J-tube. And those would be available for every medication that was out there. And I noticed, I was like, you know, it seems like they have the option to make orders that are not clinically appropriate, mm-hmm. because not all medications can you crush and put in a G-tube. And they're like, yeah, but this is a new functionality, and we basically have to go in manually for each drug and find out what's clinically appropriate, what isn't. And I was like, okay, we already have, on a regular basis, we already add medications to the drug file. So I was like, okay, from now on, I'm going to manage this for all the future medications that come in. So I start, we all started doing that, um, just as a bet, best practice sort of thing. And then I was like, okay, for my project, I'm kind of, I want to look back at the medications that have been in use and see how many of them have been, how many orders have been made and maybe even administered or dispensed for outpatient that were not clinically appropriate. Mm-hmm. So my goal, my goal with that project was to just find the medication route combinations. That were most common, and to see if I can validate or but basically i wanted I wanted to validate like ninety or ninety five percent of the orders from the previous I think it was the calendar year or it was from like October to October or something like that mm-hmm. so so that's essentially what I did. I went through the effort of taking two different medication databases, one that was in like our external data warehouse for outpatient prescriptions, very, very structured, very, well, relatively easy to search through. And then also combining that with inpatient orders which was a little different like the documentation was a little more unstructured you had to be more cognizant and a little more clever making sure you didn't miss things ex- since like a lot of the information was um like for prn meds like the sig is just written a little bit differently or what have you so i put all those into one into one single file and said okay well with each drug routes that we have what are the most common ones and can't do i have enough time enough manpower to go through each one of these and check with the package inserts and then check with like pharmacopoeia you know, resources that are out there to see if they were actually written correctly or how many were like for maybe further down the line to check which ones were actually corrected by pharmacy to sort of give some give some support to the idea that pharmacy is, you know, a vital role in the overall process. I didn't get that far. But I did get the first part I was able to verify I think it was about 98 or 99% of the medication
0: orders for that calendar year. Wow, That, that sounds like a really cool project.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was cool to set up. It was pretty tedious for a good portion of time, like most projects get. But, um, I was very happy to see that there were very few examples of medications that either administered inappropriately or I could, I could not find a resource to say for or against that particular use for it. But, um, but yeah, so, but once we had that list, the last part that I w- really hoped I could do while I was still there is to go back and for each of those medication route, Possibilities That represented, you know, over 95% of medication orders to go back and update them like automatically because we have some tools that we can use to, you know, if you set it up right, you can update the drug file for thousands of, of these medication route combinations and it would only display what's appropriate. And I I sort of skipped, I didn't mention that my motivation for doing this was that there's a lot of physicians and prescribers and pharmacists that know that we have a very active pharmacy informatics team. So when they see that there's a medication route available, when they pick up, for example, one of the ones I came up with was Flomax, Tamsulosin. It specifically says in the package insert, do not chew or crush. But all four of those options, you know, JTube, GTube, and GTube, they were all available. So if they see that that's there and they know that our team manages the system, they might think, okay, well, pharmacy has probably vetted this, so this has got to be safe. So that was my motivation to like go back and, uh, you know, remove the ones that we knew should
0: not have been, you know, written that way. So, so like, if anyone wanted to get more into like learning about informatics or go through the same route that you did, do you have any advice for, for those people, whether they're a student trying to get in or like if they're another pharmacist trying to change their specialty? Yeah, man. I have a few pieces of advice that I would give to just about anyone in pharmacy.
1: Um, like, first of all, if, if you're not, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure if informatics is for you, I would like, if you're a student, for example, and if you're about to go on rotations, I tell students that if you're on the fence or if you just want to like make opportunities for yourself because for a lot of people, you know, there's no there's not a good way, there's not, not a lot of good ways to pad the CV with informatics related things during rotations. Unless you do an informatics rotation, but what I tell them is go into your site, every place that you go to has You know, they have computers, they have software that they use. Get your hands on the manual. Like a lot of people probably haven't seen the digital copy, a PDF copy of their medication use software manual and just read it. See if there's something that the team's not doing that you can find that's a a shortcut or a tool that's not being used that you can give them an in-service about and up their, you know, their knowledge of their med use software. That would make you really you know, a really valuable part of the team. The second piece of advice I give just about everyone is learn more about Microsoft Excel. It's become like my favorite program, oddly enough, in like the last couple of years, because there's no problem I can't solve that can't potentially be done in Microsoft Excel. I'm sure there are other programs that could probably do it more effectively or they're built more for certain tasks. But I can do just about anything at home in Excel when it comes to data management and data manipulation or trying to look at things. Those are the two things that come to mind. Uh, for people who are looking to find more information. But I should also just emphasize that, if you can hear my cat yelling, you know, <laughs> it's because my cat's right here bothering me. So I think the third thing I tell most people is, if you're interested and you're apprehensive at all, don't be. Because I had, there was really nothing on my CV that was like, you know, experience in programming. Uh, there, was I mean, there was like a project that I did during PGY1 that I optimized uh, uh, this large Excel document for corporate at Ralph's. But um, but for the most part, I didn't really have the background of somebody that looks like they should be going into information technology or computer science. But I did demonstrate to them that I was interested and that I had the aptitude to learn new things. And, um, you know, I was good at you know, all the regular stuff of going to residency, like working well with a team and things of that nature. But those are probably the three biggest piece of advice I would give people.
0: Thank you. That was really good advice that you uh, gave to our listeners. Um, I was also wondering if, uh, they had any questions or if they wanted to reach you. Is there a place that they can reach you if they were interested in learning more about your role?
1: Yeah, totally. My personal email address is edwards at healthdatawise. One, that's one word.com. Again, so that's cedwards, E-D-W-A-R-D-S, at healthdatawise.com dot com.
0: All right. I'll be putting that in the show notes for anyone who is interested in reaching out. Uh, and also to be respectful of your time, I'd like to thank you again for taking some time out of your busy day to be on the show. Of course, Tony. Thank you for having me. All right. If you guys like this episode, you guys can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also uh, follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook uh, through Pharmacy ITME or our Instagram by just searching for Pharmacy Informatics. And you can also email us uh, at PharmCITME at gmail.com. And if you want to follow my personal Twitter account, it's tony.farmd. And I'll also eventually be writing uh, some occasional blog posts at PharmCITME.com. But thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of PharmCITME. And And remember, technology is the tool. Patient care is the (music) goal.